Um, <laughs> always seek the Lord of what he wants to do, what he wants to say, and <clears throat> um, just want to be obedient to God. Amen. That's our, that's, that's the simplicity of this thing is hear the voice of the Lord and just obey it. Amen. Pretty, pretty simple. Um, praise God. It's good to be here with you all this week. Um, um, I was down in um, Binghamton last week and, um, and I just, uh, just praying in the morning, praying last Sunday morning and I felt like, and something, God was, God was doing something and, um, and, uh, I think you all had a great time. Amen. You had a great time in the Lord. Amen. Those of you that were here and just, uh, the spirit was just moving and everything. And um, I thank God for our musicians. I thank God for our song praise team. Amen. Are you thankful for uh, anointed men and women of God that just, they're not trying to impress or perform, but simply trying to give their gift and talent to the Lord. And God takes it, multiplies it, and it blesses us. Amen. And so I thank God for that and, and uh, just, just a wonderful time of prayer. And, um, and God moved, and God did great things. But can I tell you that God moved today, too? God's always moving. <laughs> God is always operating and doing things. Um, if you f follow the scriptures, you follow the gospels, um, it's, it's pretty fascinating how even Jesus, when he would heal people, it was never the same. It was, he just did different things at different times because he didn't want people to pigeonhole him. He didn't want people to put him into a box and say, that's God, that's not. That, no, he says, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, anytime, however, um, I can speak to it, I can put my hands on it, I can put... I can spit and make mud. I can make you go wash. Um, I could just touch the, the, the coffin. He can do anything at any place at any time. That's good news for us. That's good news for us. So we have to be very careful that we don't ever get to a place where we feel as though, well, God's, God's not doing anything because it's not like before. And if anything we should know from the scriptures is God has eliminated that from our possibility, possible of thinking. God is always doing something. God is always on the move and he's always speaking and he's always operating. Um, there's never a time where God like gets off the throne and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take a break today. I'm just not going to operate or work things together for good. Even Joseph, he's in the, he's in the prison for, for how many years? God was working. God was working. Even in the prison, God was already, God was always working. And so um, I pray that we recognize that God is always doing something. And I want to be sensitive to just what he's doing. I want to be, I want to be open um, to the moving of the Lord. And, um, and so our flesh wants to get a hold of God. It wants to kind of put him in a, a pattern and a rhythm and this way so that I can know. 
And God doesn't want to do that. (laughs) So literally the Holy Ghost is like, nope. I want to blow wherever I want to blow and just kind of do whatever I want to do. And uh, um, because he wants us to always look to him. He wants us to always be at a place of, God, I don't know, but you know. He wants us to consistently say, we need God now. Because there's a tendency for, for mankind to uh, feel like we've got it figured out. And hey, it's, it's working. It's good. So we kinda, we'll just kind of keep doing what, we'll just kind of keep doing this. And I'm not saying uh, we shouldn't have good patterns and good habits uh, in our life and disciplines, but uh, we need to be very careful that we don't make an idol out of a place that God is saying, I've moved into something different. He, he wants us to always be open and, and sensitive to him and praying consistently and every day desperate to say, God, I need you to lead me today. I need you to show me the way today. I don't have it figured out. Yesterday was great. Last week was great, but today I'm here now and I need you. I need you. And if you'll consistently do that every day, at the end of your life, you'll find yourself in glory. You'll find yourself face to face with Jesus Christ in his presence for eternity. If you'll do that every day. Amen. Praise God. And so, um, we just always want to do the will of God. We just always want to do the will of God. So I don't know what God's going to do um, the rest of our time here today, uh, but I'm open to whatever he wants and however that goes. Um, and so I just, I feel to just share some things and stuff he's just placed on my heart. Um, I don't, like I say, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I want to be obedient to what I feel he's told me to do. Um, He's placed in my in my in my spirit um, that. So let's just go to a, a scripture and, and um, Revelation chapter number three. Revelation chapter number three. Revelation chapter number three, verse 14. Revelation three, 14. Amen. Everybody OK? At least you're okay in the Lord. Okay in the Lord. Amen. Revelation 3.14. Um, and if you're able to stay in that, that'd be great. Um, Revelation 3.14. Um, before I read it, I know, you know, for me, I, I'm very, uh, I try and be um, very cognizant of time. Um, and people's limitations, right? Human limitations, because uh, even though we're spiritual people, we're still in the flesh, right? We still got to deal with this body. And so there are uh, physical limitations we have as far as sitting, as far as paying attention, all those things, those are, those are physical limitations. And I try to be cognizant of that um, and not just uh, take advantage um, of, of people's just... Um, just submission and, and willingness to be good and, 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 and be respectful. And so I want to be, always be cognizant of that. But at the same time, I, I, I pray that um, 
you would be open for God to push us a little bit further. Um, that you, we would be open to the fact that I believe God wants us to take a step, right? Just another step. Um, whatever that looks like. Just, I believe God wants me to grow, right? He wants you to grow. He wants us to grow. He, he wants us to be more spiritual and less carnal. Amen? Um, and so I say all that to say, um, I, I, I pray that, just, obviously, like I said, as, as I want you to know that as your pastor, I don't take your time for granted. I do. I don't take your time for granted. I just don't want to just be long-winded just to be long-winded. But at the same time, I do want God to do what he needs to do. And sometimes that may take a little bit longer than we're used to. And can we be okay with that? Right? Can we still say, you know what, this is, and kind of stir ourselves up in that to say, you know what, God is, this is God. This is not just, ah, this is, this is God. Is that okay? Is that okay? Amen. So Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 says, And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea is right, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, Brother Joe Nail, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing and don't know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich and white raiment that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness do not appear and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Be zealous. Zealous. Have some zeal, some excitement, some passion, and repent. <laughs> and repent. Amen. Um, praise God. You can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. Uh, flip with me, if you could, to Matthew chapter number 13 also. Um, Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> I didn't want you standing too long, so that's why we didn't read this together. But uh, Matthew 13, <clears throat> um, Jesus, uh, starting verse 1, he, he's uh, giving a, a parable uh, about the sowers. And uh, verse 3 Sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, fowls came, devoured it up. Some fell to stony places, not much earth, and it forthwith sprung up because they did not have deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they didn't have root and withered away. Some fell among thorns. The thorns sprung up, choked them, but other fell into good ground, brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Um, and so they asked the question, the disciples said, why are you speaking in parables? And Jesus says, because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given for whoever, whosoever has to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever does not have from him shall be taken away even that he has. Verse 13, he says, therefore, I'm speaking in parables because they seeing not and hearing they 
and hearing they not hear, neither do they understand. Um, verse 15, for the people's heart is waxed gross. Their ears are full, are dull of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. He talks about many prophets wanted to see this. And so just talking about Jesus was talking in parables, and he said the concept of a parable was literally, he says, the purpose was so that those that really don't want to know, they won't know. They won't see it. They won't understand it. They'll miss it. But if there's someone who really wants to know, not only will they have what they know, he says, I'm going to give them more. They're going to get more revealed to them. And, and not only that, because there's, there's, there's something powerful about the revelation of God. Um, the the uh, unveiling of a matter, the seeing this, seeing something new that God is saying um, to you, um, and so and so parables are meant to really separate the hungry from the not hungry. It's really to separate those that like the show that are just there for the show to those that are really disciples. And so the parables are powerful tools. That's what Jesus says. That's the point of parables. It separates. Um, really, it separates the sheep from the goats. It separates those that are just kind of there for the good things versus those who are saying, whatever you want to say, I want to hear it. Whatever you want to reveal, I want it. And so um, as you study the parables, just understand that, that uh, God is speaking, and if you're receiving something from it, if you're hungry, you're going to get something from the word of God. But if you're not, or if you're not getting something from the word of God, I would challenge you to look at your own heart. So um, he goes on and he's, he's saying, uh, verse 18, he gives us the explanation of this parable of the sowers. Verse 19, there's people that hear the word of the kingdom. They understand it and they don't understand it. The devil comes and it's just taken away. Verse 20, but he that receives the seed in stony places, the same is he that hears the word and anon with joy receives it. This is somebody who is excited about the word of God. They receive it and they're like, yes, Woo, that's good. I love it. Amen. Preach on. Verse 21, yet he hath not root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. When the word starts to actually cost you something, you let it go. I'm great to have the word of God as long as it's all good. And it's great and shouting and jumping I love the shout I love it so please I am not saying that that is wrong but I believe that is an expression of receiving the word with joy and so I don't believe that this word is saying that we should not receive it with joy we should receive it with joy you need to receive it with joy we should be excited about the word of God but you need a little bit more than just excitement about the word of God 
You need a little bit more than just the emotional response to the excitement of the crowd, of the feeling, and all of that stuff. And, and so I love, I love it. I love it. Our coming together, our gatherings, it's powerful, it's beautiful. And literally someone could come in having no knowledge of God. They could come into this place and they would feel something. They would probably feel an excitement. Something would move upon them. And that's good. That should happen, but it's not enough. It's not enough because you've got to have root in yourself. There has to be something deep down that says, I'm willing to endure for this. I'm, I'm, I'm not in it just for the good times. I'm not in it just for this emotional response that I'm feeling right now, but there's something in me that has grown that says I'm committed to Jesus. And so there's a danger. There's a, there is a danger when your only connection to God is this. That there's a danger that you don't even know you aren't really rooted in yourself because you're, it's just this. It's, it's, it's good. It feels good. And I feel the goosebumps and it's great and I love it and I'm not against that. But if that's all you have, you don't have root. And the problem is you won't know you don't have root until you've fallen away and been offended by the word of God. And so, church, I, I want to say this. Please, if you are not studying the word for yourself, you do not have root. If the only word you get is what is given from over this pulpit, you don't have root in yourself. If the only time you pray is in here, when we're all gathered together, you don't have root in yourself. And so I want you to know that before the persecution and the tribulation comes and you walk away and we're like, what happened to sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so? They were so on fire for God. No, they weren't. They didn't have root. That thing wasn't in them. They had an excitement. They received the word with joy, but something didn't grab a hold on the inside. And so, and so we've, we've got to be very careful in this atmosphere. Um, and so there's, a, there's kind of this, I'm not saying not a balancing act, but it's, <laughs> we, we love it. We get excited. I love it. It's, ah, uh, it's great. Sometimes you kind of hear us saying, hey, easy. It's not all, it's not all in the shout because we, we don't want you to walk out of here thinking that this was a good service just because you felt good. If you didn't get a word from God and start getting a little roots deeper, it was not good for you. If all you got was just a good feeling, you didn't have a good time with God. You, you got a facade that's going to show up when the persecution comes. And so God moves in our midst so he can speak to you, so he can give you direction, so he can give you insight, so he can give you something that says, be zealous to repent and follow me. And so you, I believe we need to be looking for a word from God all the time. God, speak to me. Don't not not my neighbor needs to hear my wife. God speak to her or so and so. No, God speak to me. Tell me what I need to do. Show me. Mm. And so and so that that there needs to be root in us and 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 
And so verse 22, it says, he also that received, that's just the second ground. The third is there's one that receives the seed among thorns. Here's the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So it's not just good enough to stay. You've got to be fruitful. It's not just good enough that you've been a part of the church for 40 years. Are you fruitful? Is there fruit coming from your life? Is there a return on God's investment in you? God wants something back from what he put into us. Amen? And so there's getting root in yourself, but there's, a, there's, this, there's this other aspect that I believe is very dangerous, especially for where we are. We talked a little bit about this on Thursday, that it's, it's not even that you are offended by the word of God. It's not that you don't like the Lord. It's simply that you've allowed other things in your life that by their definition, they will choke the effectiveness of the word in you. So you have the word in you. You have root in yourself. You've determined, I want to stick it out. I want to stay. I'm committed to Jesus. But in doing that, you've allowed some other stuff to remain. The problem is those thorns that are in your life will, by definition, choke out the effectiveness of the word. You say, well, I can just kind of grow up together with it. I can handle them. I can... I can live for God and have that. And the word says, no, you can't. That's just the definition of thorns is they're going to choke out the fruitfulness, the cares of life, the cares of life. That is such a broad term, such a broad term. There's so many things we could care for. The Bible tells me what to do with my cares. You got to cast them to the Lord. You can't care about this life. Every care you have, you've got to give it to Jesus. You've got to lay it at his feet and trust him with it. Because whatever care you do have of this life, eventually it will choke the effectiveness of the word in your life. So we've got to cast it. We've got to let it go. We've got to remove it. But not just the cares of the world, but the deceitfulness of riches. Deceitfulness of riches. We, we talked about this a little bit um, Thursday that um, we're rich. We're rich financially. Um, because even biblically, right, the complaints of those that are poor show how rich we are. The expectation of even the poorest in our society is richer than the people of the scriptures. The things, the conveniences and the comforts to our flesh that we have access to that are just baseline for our culture is levels above what anything in the word of God describes for people. 
So we need to understand that context. We need to understand that, that we have some stuff that you're going to have to deal with that maybe even they didn't have to deal with. Some things you will have to deny your flesh that they never even thought of. That they never even passed through their mind because it wasn't even invented. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't an issue. Can I say one? Your cell phone. Let me just put it out there and be blunt with it. There is a high probability your cell phone is not bringing you closer to the Lord. A high probability. A high probability. If you are not diligent about that thing, if, if you are not um, have your eyes open to the fact that that is a thorn that is trying to choke the effectiveness of the word of God in your life, the internet, social media, movies, music, entertainment, those are thorns that want to choke the effectiveness of the word in your life. And somebody says, well, you're being a little hard line. That's too much. I don't want to take all that. And so, listen, your, other, your option is to just let it grow with your life. And the word has already told you. It's, what it's, it's going to do one thing. It's just going to start wrapping around you more and more and more. Quieting the word of God. Quieting the joy that you have. You're not going to feel as much joy. If you watch a lot of TV, you won't walk in joy. Can I tell you that? If you're on the internet a lot, reading the news a lot, just engulf, engaging in that stuff, you will have a problem with peace. The fruit of the Spirit is not coming from Netflix. It's not. It's going to come from time with the Lord. It's going to come from the Word of God. It's going to come from from sharpening one another with the people of God and fellowship with like-minded believers. It's going to come from denying yourself. That's where the fruit is going to come. Long-suffering, you will not get it from this society. Everything is now. Instant. Instant oatmeal. Instant popcorn. Don't, we don't wait for nothing. The things we complain about, I don't say we, not y'all, other people. You hear people complain about, and it's crazy. Much of it is the same things God's trying to produce in us. Man, why are they taking so long? I shouldn't have to wait this long. And the Bible says he's trying to produce long-suffering in me. They're contrary to one another. Understand you live in a society that's not trying to make you godly. The cares of life, your involvement in the world, it's not trying to promote the gospel in you. It's choking it out. It's just wrapping its coils around your leg and little parts of your body. And it feels like that's not a big deal. That's not a big issue. I can control that. But it's just choking it out just slowly, slowly, slowly. And so I don't pray as much. I don't, I don't care about my neighbor as much as I used to. Um, I, I, I don't pray as much as I, I, as I used to. I don't share the gospel like I used to. I don't, I, I don't intercede. I don't give like I used to give. I'm not as quick to forgive as I used to be, I've been hardened a little bit because I see people for how they really are just being choked. 
just being choked. Church, we, we, we got to be aware of this. We've got to be aware of this because there is an urgency of the hour that thing is, that is just enveloping the people of God. And, and I said this the other night, Friday night, is a spirit of apathy. We're not moved enough by God, by the things of God. It's enough to excite me but really not to move me to change. It's enough to, ooh, I like that. That's good. High five. Great. But does it actually shift you in a different direction of your life? Um, our access to news, like it doesn't make us more prayerful. It makes us more desensitized to the evils of the world. The more you see it, the more you're used to seeing it. The more earthquakes and problems and death and stuff, the less I actually pray about the people involved in it. Because I've heard that before, same old, same old. And it's like, it doesn't move us. It doesn't move me. Something's wrong. Something's off. I've been choked. I'm being choked. Church, and thank God he wants to make us aware of this. He wants to open our eyes to the truth of this, that we can't be that third ground. And, and everything scripturally, time-wise, speaks of the church of this age being more Laodicea than any other age. Because of all the churches, so a lot of people talk about the seven churches that Jesus talked to in the book of Revelation that all of them probably existed, all of them did exist during the time that John wrote the book of Revelation. And so it, was, it dealt with each of them, but also I believe it represented a time period because seven is completeness. And so that last church, the church that was there, the last one, the seventh church was Laodicea. And we see it. We see it. More than any other time period, we're dealing with exactly what he said 2,000 years ago about the people of God, that they would say things like, we're in need of nothing. And that's, that's what he said. He says, that's what they say. But I don't think that's necessarily the words that are coming out of their mouth. That's the actions that they're living by. We don't live with a desperation for God because we have need of nothing. Uh, I feel like I'm saying the same things. And so we, we've got to be very careful. We've, I, just, I just want to say that we've got to be very, very careful of this. And, and so cha chapter 13 of Matthew, um, verse 23, he that receives the, on the good ground, hears the word, understands it, bears fruit, brings forth some 160, some 30. He goes on and he talks about the wheat and the tares, kingdom of God is like one who sows wheat and tares and, and wheat grows up and tares grow up. And they're like, where did these tares come from? Where did these wicked things come from? And he says, the evil one did that while people were sleeping. And they're like, should we get them out of here? Should we remove the tares? And he's like, no, let them both grow up together. Let them both grow up together. And at the end, that's when there'll be a separation. So guys, right now there's wheat and there's tares in our midst. 
And God said, don't pull out the tares. Those that have been planted by the, by the enemy aren't really going to serve the Lord. Don't rip them out because you might affect a wheat. Just let them grow together. This is why he says there's going to be a lot of people at that day that say, Lord, I'm, I'm wheat. And he seemed like, you know, you're not. You're tear. We never knew each other. There was no fruit in that life. You were after something other than what I was after. He says, just let them grow up together. And that's a scary thing to me. That is absolutely petrifying to me. That's the worst thing that could ever happen is that God not saying anything to you to correct you. That's, that's the judgment of God. When God stops speaking to you, you're under his judgment. It's not as, when God is speaking and saying, hey, you're wrong. You're going to go to hell. It's bad. You're going the wrong direction. That's his love. But the moment God says, I ain't saying nothing to you. Just give you over to yourself. Doesn't, have, doesn't put people into your life who will speak the truth to you. Or you cut them all out. I don't want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear what she has to say. Hey, if that's not, ah, they're trying to make me. Okay. You're bringing judgment on yourself. You silence the voice of those that are saying, listen, I think God has told me something about you. And, and God wants to say this to you. I don't want to hear it. You're bringing judgment on yourself. God, speak to me. Correct me. Challenge me. I want to be weak. I want to be weak. Praise God. I know. I know, church. It's okay. It's a little bit long today. I know we're tired. Stir it up, please. Please. Not for me. It's not for me. Listen, I don't I don't care how, how that is. This is for the word of the Lord. I believe it's powerful. I believe it's true. So verse 28, chapter 13, he said unto them, an enemy has done this. The servant said, will you that we go and gather them up? He says, nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. God, he cares about the wheat. He cares so much about the wheat that he'll let the tares be there. Wow. It's a long suffering of God. God, judge him. Why won't you? Because God's like, I love you too much. I want you to make it. So then there's a parable of the mustard seed. And the leaven and this mustard seed is so small, but it grows, it grows, it grows. The kingdom of God is always advancing and growing. If you're in the kingdom, there should be growth. That's a principle of the kingdom of God. Are you growing? If you are not growing, you're not in the kingdom of God. That's, that's what this is saying. The parable is that it starts small. And, we, and we've got to be you've got to be careful. And I'm not talking about judging yourself um, with the carnal judgment and the accusations of the enemy, because the devil will tell you left and right all day long. You're no good. Um, but at the same time, you need to be open to the chastening of the Lord. <laughs> and allow the Lord to to work on you and grow you. Praise God. So that's so then it goes and he explains the tears. Um, uh, the parable of the tares, he wants, he wants us to know exactly what that is. So verse 37, he that sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. Tares are the children of the wicked. When the enemy sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. The son of man will send forth his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom. Wow. 
all things that offend. Somebody says, well, I'm in the kingdom. He's going to gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity. Y'all can (laughs) break that down if you want to. Shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. He's done talking in parables now. He's explaining a reality. He's saying this is the truth of the parable. That I'm going to gather everything that offends and them. The people, the spirits, the stuff. And I'm going to throw it into a furnace of fire. And there's going to be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who has ears to hear. Let him hear. Um, There really is judgment after all this. There's real judgment. Again, verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. Man found, he hides, the joy thereof sells all that he has, buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking goodly pearls. When he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. Amen. I believe that's talking about God. Those verse 44 through 46 is talking about what the Lord did. Jesus Christ. Treasure hidden a field. That's you and I. That's us. He sold all that he had. He gave it up, right? Humbled himself to the point of death, even the death of the cross, so that he could have us. Gave up his body to be brutally murdered so that he could have us. It says that he saw goodly pearls. A man, merchant man seeking goodly pearls, right? We didn't seek God. He sought us. You didn't find God. He found you. He didn't, you didn't choose him. He chose you. He's been seeking us. So he seeks us and he, he says it's, it's valuable. He sees the value in us and he sells everything he has and he buys us. He, he purchased us with his own blood. We were bought. We were bought by Christ. That's the value you and I have. That's the value we have. But church, it doesn't stop with just him. Now, that's our ministry. That's our ministry now. You're the body of Christ. You know how we need to now, we're we're called to seek goodly pearls. The things that are valuable to God now have become valuable to us. Because we're in him. We are his body on the earth. The stuff that he did, now we do. And greater shall we do, right? So that means he said, I see the value of the souls. And so I'm willing to let go of all that I have so that I can get the souls. I'm willing to let go of my comfort. I'm willing to let go of my my privilege and, and all of that stuff so that I can have you. And he got us. And now he's saying, now you go be me to them. He's calling us to take on his nature, his mission, and to give up this world so that we can get the goodly pearls. So that we can get what is valuable to him. He wants me to give up what's valuable to me for what's valuable to him. He wants me to exchange the stuff 
that I think is precious for the things that he says are precious. And it's souls. It's you and I. It's people. But if he had to pay a price, guess what? We're going to have to pay a price. There's a price to be paid to get what he wants. If the God of all creation who can speak the world into existence had to buy us, had to give his life and his body to be sacrificed to get us, church, right? He's called us to reach the world. It's going to cost us, but it's worth it. 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 I believe God is calling us to sacrifice. He's calling us to sacrifice. To sacrifice. Um, there is a spirit of apathy. There is a God of mammon that is over our world right now. And I don't expect them to break it. I don't expect the people that don't know God to overcome that thing. No way. But you and I, that's our job. That's the authority we have. We've got to break it. We've got to break it. We're going to break it. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. Love never fails. Love never fails. God's calling us to love. For God so loved the world that he gave We've got to give ourselves. We're called to give ourselves to this. I believe that's the difference with, with the church in Laodicea. They were just okay. They were okay with what they had. They felt that their success in God was measured by what they received and not by what they gave. They had it completely backwards. God's love is shown in how much he gave. Our love is shown in how we give. They're going to know you're my disciples by your love one for another. It's not about what you're giving to me. We've been called to give. We've been called to give ourselves. We've been called to give our money. I'll tell you what, honestly, seriously, let me say this to you. We don't talk a lot about money in this church because we're not about it. It's nothing. It's just a tool. It's not a God. We don't idolize it. We don't need it. We need God. <laughs> we need God. And so any appeal we make for money, for, for giving, it's not because we need money. It's because it's the will of God to give. When we give, we're obeying God in giving. That's all it is. That's it. Why, why, why um, offer money and, and all that stuff. It's because it's, there's a spiritual principle in that. 
But that's one of the greatest ways that we break the spirit of mammon. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. You want to break that? Be ready to give. Give. Take the God of mammon and make him serve the God of heaven. Take the God of this world and say, you're going to be used to serve the kingdom. I'm going to pour it into the kingdom of God. Mm. Every bit of money you make, you have the strength to make. Praise God for that. Use it for the kingdom of God. Make, your, make that God serve the true and living God. That's what giving does. That's what giving does, is you're telling that God to bow to the God of heaven. <laughs> That's the authority we have. You can't serve God and mammon. I serve the one true living God. I serve Jesus. When I give to you, when you give to me, when we give to those that are in need, you are making the God of mammon bow to the word of God. That's powerful. We live in a culture that wants you to bow because of money. They want you to do things simply because it will affect your money. Can I tell you that's the persecution that's coming? It's going to be wrapped up in the God of mammon. It's going to be wrapped up in comfort. It's going to be wrapped up in the cares of this life. The antichrist spirit that's already at work. The great falling away. People aren't falling away because Jesus is bad. People don't fall away because, oh, I just, I'm done serving. No, it's the cares of life. The thing that the enemy has authority over, we've al allowing it to linger in my life. And then I become offended when it costs me. Church, we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We've got we've to take authority over it. We have a world that needs us to break this spirit. In this area, we've been called to break that spirit. We've been called to overcome that spirit. Praise God. Praise God. We won't see what God has. We won't see the revival and the outpouring that I believe God has without us overcoming that thing. If we're tight with our money, we're not going to see what God wants. We won't. If we're tight with our time, because you know that's what you get paid for is your time. And that's valuable. Your time is precious. And that's why I'm very, like I say, I'm not standing up here just trying to belabor the point in time. I'm... I understand the time. I really do. Please hear me. I just, I feel this from the Lord. And I don't even know if he's done yet. He may have more stuff to say and do. But there is a serious thing that we're battling right now. And I believe we're on the precipice. We're on the brink of something tremendous. We have some promises from God. We have some promises from God that we need to step into. We have some visions, we have dreams and things that God has given and showing to encourage us to say there's something great. 
there's something amazing. There's something wonderful he has for us. But we're going to have to step into it his way. His way. His way. His way. I pray that we would be the most giving people. I pray we would be the most giving people in the world. That means we would be the most loving people. Don't be afraid of giving. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about everything. Your time, your attention. Give. Just be freely you have received. Freely give. I say this until maybe not everybody in here, you have dollar bills to give. But do you have time? What are you doing with your time? Who are you serving with your time? Are you serving the kingdom of God? If you're not working, if you don't have a job, are you praying? Are you teaching Bible? Are you, what are you doing with what God has given you? If you have strength, energy in your body, a young person, are you giving that to the Lord or giving it to the world? What are you doing with what God has given to you? You're giving it somewhere. Are you giving it to him? God's given people intelligence, ideas, creative abilities. What are you using it for? For the world or for the kingdom? You've got to answer that. You've got to answer that. Ah, but there's something powerful. There's something powerful. Praise God. Can we stand right now? Can we stand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Can I tell you, seriously, I'm, I'm, I say this. <laughs> the Lord has dealt with me and is still dealing with me, but he has not been angry. He's not been yelling this at me like, no good. <laughs> It's the love of God. It's the love of God. Because I believe with every promise of God, there is also the grace and the plan to accomplish it. And sometimes we can get a word that, man, God's going to do this. Wow. And in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, that's, this is how it's going to happen. And it's completely opposite of the way God operates. And so I need God. Lord, show me the next step. Show me actually how to walk in what you've called me to walk in. What is this thing? And I believe it. And so even, even here today, people say, well, man, this is, this is about giving today. It's about money and church about money. No, this is about the kingdom of God. This is about the power over what the enemy wants to hold people bound by. This is about breaking spirits. This is about deliverance from things that people don't like to talk about. This is about exposing the enemy in an area he wants to keep hidden and secretive. And we not know it's really an issue until somebody is offended and walks away. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I love you too much. You're going to walk in victory. You're going to walk in power. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Can we just... Bow our heads, close our eyes right now. Praise God. 
Give me one second, Brother Allen. I'm going to have you all play in just a second. I just feel it just in just a, a moment. Just, just bow your heads, close your eyes right now. Just, just begin to pray. Just, just begin to talk to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, because I know, I, I, I understand my human nature, and I understand the enemy. He wants to take God's word and twist it and corrupt it. But right now, I want you, you saturated with the, word, with the spirit of God right now. And just say, Lord, hide this thing in me. Lord, whatever's from you, whatever you're saying, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, speak. Lord, speak. Have your way in us right now. Have your way in us right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I believe God's challenging somebody to get serious about this. Get serious about this kingdom. Is serious about the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, have your way. Have your way in us right now. Have your way. Somebody, you need to make some decisions in your life. You, you, just you and the Lord, just you and him. And they're gonna, we're going to play music in just a second. We're going to sing songs because I just feel that we're going to just... Just marry it up with that power and that faith, and God's going to settle in your heart. But you, you need to just be able to settle some things apart from any feeling, any emotion, just knowing, God, I am submitted to the word. Not to what I say. What is God speaking to you right now? What is God speaking to you? What is he telling you to do? Hallelujah. 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 And I'm okay, the tares won't receive it. The tares will count it as nothing. Walk away and be the same. But there's some wheat that God is saying, I want to speak to you. I want to help you. I'm bringing you into some things, into some places you've never known, you've never seen before. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would confirm your word today. I ask that you would speak, that you would do whatever you want to do in this place through us and in us. Hallelujah. Come on, is this okay? Can we just wait on the Lord for just a little while? Can we wait on the Lord? I know we have stuff to do, but can we give him just a little bit of time right here? Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, there's some things we need broken, Lord. God, our world is crying out. God, they're hurting. They're hurting. They're hurting. Our world is caught up. They're bound by this spirit. They're bound God, by the rush, they're bound by the now. They're bound by the comforts. They're bound by the money. They're bound, Lord, by the things that you have given us authority over. Jesus, help us, Lord, to walk in these places. Help us, oh God, to walk free, Lord, so that they can be free. They're bound, God. They don't have peace. They don't have joy. They, God, they're suicidal. God, they're in dark places. Lord, set us free so that they can be free. Lord, heal us so they can be healed. God, deliver us so they can be delivered. Lord, do it in me. Do it through me, God.
Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I believe God's calling somebody to give your time, to give your time. You've wasted so much time. You've given time to everything else but him. You've given time to everybody else except the people of God. Come on, there's treasure in the field. There's treasure in the kingdom of God. Put your treasure, put your treasure in the right place. Put your time, put your effort, your energy, your money in the kingdom. Don't waste it anywhere else. Let's just use this time as a time of commitment to the Lord. Let's just let him have his way. Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do. If God's got a word, let him speak through you. I believe the Holy Spirit is here. He wants to do things.